Welcome to another episode of Watches on the Couch, Castle Rock. It's your favorite cock duty podcast. Christmas, you can't say cock duty Oh, um, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I am one half of your host. My name is Chris Nays. Uh, the other half will now introduce herself to you. Uh, I'm Debbie. Hello, Debbie. Hi. How are you this uh, Thursday morning? I'm awake. You're awake? That's good, because if we tried doing a podcast and you were asleep and I just had a microphone in front of you... You'd have venom. ...while you were sleeping. Yeah, I would just get lots of noises of cats bumping into that same mic. <laughs> I assume you sleep with your cats, right? Oh my, I don't have a choice. All yeah. three of them are on me every night. If you were to close your door, would they just scratch at it? This Until one they you let them in, yeah, Venom would, yeah, for sure. And then there would be fighting outside the door because they all would be huddled outside the door, yeah, mad that they're right next to each other. Well, people might remember uh, Ash from my apartment uh, at I guess it was episode ten of last season. Mm. Um, we have to keep him in a dog cage because he destroys things while we are sleeping. He chews through all of the wires. He's, he's an adrenaline junkie. He's kind of a nightmare still. <laughs> but uh, thank you for helping us save him you, from the streets. Thank you for giving us our nightmare cat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not unmanageable, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why we have the cage. Well, at least he's okay with the cage. Yeah, I mean, whether he is or not. He's in there. He's in there because that's he the only way we can manage the situation, right? Mm -hmm. You he live and you learn. Him. That's what happens. You have to be a responsible pet owner is what I'm trying to get get to here. And we don't have any kind of pet supply sponsor or anything like that. But if we did, they would appreciate that message. <laughs> right. I would love Chewy. I get Chewy. That'd be great. Um, we have definitely bought stuff on there before. They get. I get my uh, cat litter delivered. Yeah. The uh, I don't know why we're on this pet it's tangent. It's whatever. <laughs> People love pets. But... Uh, our vet actually recommended that we check out his food on Chewy because sometimes it is like Isn't a third it, of the price. Yeah, it's prescription, right? right. Yeah, all you have to do, because Nicola needed that, all you have to do is get a doctor's note. Well, uh, I think that is in order then. Yeah, so you go on their website and then you just tell them what vet's office you're a part of and then they notify the vet and the vet says, okay, yeah, they need that. Well, this uh, will conclude our <laughs> podcast segment to open the show, brought to you by Venom and various other assorted podcasts. <laughs> uh, today, we are covering episode four and five, so there may be spoilers for five while we're talking about four, so I think everybody who is listening should just watch both of those. They're both available yep. right now. Uh, then come back and listen to us talk about episodes four and five. Because who knows, when we get to something in four, we might bring up something that happens later. We should feel free to do so, right? Right. Since we know what both of them consist of, it just makes sense. Right. Which is why we didn't do that for episode one and two. Right. Because we didn't want to spoil one. Exactly. With all the two information. So, uh, I guess, I mean, unless you have something you thought of in between... Uh, watching three and four that you wanted to add before we get into this episode? No, um, but I've been right so far. You've been right about things? Yes. Well, okay, so we'll get to that. Yeah. 
But uh, let's go ahead and start episode four. Restore hope. Correct? Yes. Just want to make sure I'm correct. Um, so Debbie and I kind of decided one of us will cover the majority. It's basically like we did last week. One of us covered the majority of notes for the first episode. The other covered for the second episode. So I will lead us through episode four and we'll talk about it as we go. And you will lead episode five. Correct. All right. And they're so, both great episodes. Uh, yeah, just overall thoughts before we go in. Definitely liked both of these episodes we're about to talk about. Right. There was um, a lot of I knew it's on my part. Exactly. Same for me. And I will say there's a whole lot of sad. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. More, Way more so than the previous three episodes. Yeah. We just get like a bunch of sad unloaded on us. See, I thought when you initially texted me the other day with your reactions of, what was it, holy shit? Very general reactions. Yeah. yeah. I thought there was going to be another jaw-dropping moment, mm-hmm. and instead it was a very slow buildup of lots of moments. Yeah, pretty much spread throughout they've done as we've mentioned they've done a really good job of storytelling and like leaving hints and stuff here and there uh over the course of the two episodes it was a a lot of holy shit moments and then when we get to the very end of today's discussion (laughs) it was the big one that was the one where i was like holy shit i have to say their cinematography is really good yeah absolutely i'm um consistently happy with everything that the show is doing this season right um, let's take a pause really quickly because I need to change out batteries. Okay. Okay. After an emergency <laughs> battery replacement, we are here now and, uh, let us start episode four. Shall we? Shall we? Uh, we shall. Mm. This episode opens up in a flashback, 1993 in Somalia. Nadia and Abdi's uh, mother get shot down by some soldiers. Yeah. Um, it's sort of like a mistaken situation, though. Like, she's carrying a gun that was something that someone gave to Abdi, right? Right. And, she was trying to return it. Right. But she's running towards soldiers with a gun. She's sort of in shadows and stuff, so they don't really realize what... She's just is actually mom. happening. Right. Right. And they don't understand the kids that are saying, mom, mom, put down the gun. Right. I, Abdi and Nadia have been tackled to the ground by these soldiers. Yeah. Um, this seems kind of weird for people to do, but it has happened plenty in wartime situations going back as long as people have been warring with each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there Innocent are people get shot. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes soldiers shoot their own people because they just don't realize. Yeah, they react. Right. Exactly. And you can imagine in war, people are on edge. Yeah. Well, They're... it's all fast thinking. Exactly. And um, not that either of us have, but <laughs> it doesn't take an expert to think that. Like, that is a very real situation that could happen, right? right. Um, but they're they're using this as a device to play up the drama. You know what I mean? And once I saw this scene, I was like, okay, I think Debbie was on to something. <laughs> well, okay, so, but because they didn't show who it was, I wrote, so was I wrong? 
The soldiers, you mean? Yeah, they yeah. didn't show who specifically. So the whole time I was holding out for that part of the flashback. I mean, yeah, I think based on our previous conversations and thinking more deeply about why, what is Pop's motives. Right. You know. And what's the one secret that Abdi has. And and that he was in Somalia, which we find out for sure that he was. Right. Um in this episode but uh yeah i just feel like they're really just playing up the drama in this opening scene and it worked really well as an opening scene for sure and you're left questioning again <laughs> right. about something that happened on the show so then um let's see here ace uh tries to pick up joy at a bus stop and it's nighttime so it's a very sort of creepy weird yeah he's still acting very creepy um, she's smart about it and says, no, thank you. Yeah, she gets out of there. And then like, oh, there's my bus. Yeah, and she's, uh, we find out she's on her way to go back to the hospital to tell Nadia more about Annie. Yeah. Well, I think she she goes to a shelter. Oh, is that it? Yeah. I thought, it was, I thought she went to where Nadia was. No, because Nadia right and the uh, other guy that works at the hospital, they left and went to the church. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So that's, it's a that's where we see the, the pastor for the first time, I think. Right. Um, then Annie catches the neighbor girl grabbing Joyce stuff from the cabin. Which her name is Chance. Chance. Okay. I finally figured out that she was the Chance girl. I'll let you remember that because yeah. I <laughs> sometimes with names on this show, like in episode five, there's some names that I didn't end up writing down just oh i wrote down the names yeah good job people proud of you thank you (laughs) so um nadia and annie are talking um annie refuses nadia's help annie goes to nadia's and uh abdi has a gun again right because joy is now staying at their house right uh, Abdi has kind of been nominated the watch over of Joy because they know that Annie's really dangerous. Right. <laughs> um, we, I, I, you know, we must assume that Joy has told her top to bottom everything that went on there. Yeah. And that's why she's like, okay, well, you're you're not safe there, so I'm going to take you in. Right. Because she's not ready to go to the cops yet. Right. Um. You know, Abdi, especially since we see him now with the gun again, he's like the king of overkill, I feel <laughs> like, because he has a gun all the time, you know? That's just um, how he rolls. Yeah, I think that's very much what his character is, you know? He's like... Takes the law into his own hands. Exactly. And he t- maybe a little too far. Yeah. <laughs> like, just waving a gun around when I mean, he, we have a child in the house. He gets the point across. That's true. Um, <laughs> but he could easily handle... It feels like what he knows of Annie, he could probably handle her without a gun just because she's a slightly small in stature uh, female. But she, but we know <laughs> that Annie is capable of murdering people bigger than her. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> With so an like, ice cream scoop. Yeah, but, but Abdi doesn't know that. That's true. Um. Unless she has an ice cream soup, then everybody should just be afraid of her. No. Um, then we see Ace mimicking his own voice while watching uh, home movies of the real Ace. So uh, 
I started in my notes calling him not ace. Yeah, because it's a body snatcher situation. I mean, this is a, sort of an issue I'm having. I'm getting impatient with this ace storyline because we still don't know what they are. Right. It's kind of like, I I know that we're probably going to get that fairly I'm, soon, especially after it, we're approaching second half of the season. You know, once we end up covering five today, we'll be halfway through. So, like. I mean, they kind of told us a little bit about them. They did, because later this episode, we see a lot more of them. But, like, right. really all they're doing is acting like less human versions of themselves. They're not as angry. They're very calm. Yeah. <laughs> and um, turns out pretty calculated, and they're manipulating people in situations now yeah. for their own benefit. Um but we don't know what their ultimate goal is. Yeah, we don't know what they're trying to accomplish. So that is what I am frustrated with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I could probably talk a little bit more about that later, but <laughs> it doesn't go much beyond that. It's just like, I think I actually wrote this down yesterday. What are the bad characters' motivations? We we Like I just said, we don't really know. Um, why am I supposed to be scared of them? Now I know why, because they're capable of murdering people. Right. I didn't. You didn't necessarily know if they. I well, no, I take that back. You did see the people get murdered in the Mars yeah. house. Um, you didn't see if Ace actually murders anyone though. They're sort of being brought back, but now after at the end of episode five, we know they are definitely murdering people. They're not just like turning them into other creatures yeah so. well i mean we saw ace come up behind the realtor with the chain or whatever oh that's right she he i guess he did i well did do you, i don't think you saw him choke her to death though. no it was all insinuated yeah so anyway i probably should have put that together um but yeah they're just playing very simple creepy smile characters I'm not 100% sold on whatever their thing is yet. I want to know more, obviously, so the, the, the show is doing its job. I, I have a feeling that it's whoever these people were that lived there, what was it, 400, 500 years ago, and it's a body snap, like they're inhabiting them. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're trying to take over the town again. Yeah, I think um, my main theory is that it has to do with the Hubie Marston sort of creepy um paranormal vibe that gets left on the house like it has somehow made it possible for the spirits left in the house to do what body snatch them yeah um that's kind of as far as that theory goes though there is one thing that i saw in the um next episode that connects to something i just read in misery though that i can talk about later um so why am i talking about it now <laughs> i don't know um, but yes, he's he's mimicking the voice of the real Ace, and he's clearly not him anymore. No, and right? his brother comes in and is like, yeah. "What is wrong with you?" Yeah. Um, I have issues with that character too, because like, oh, Chris, he should know something is seriously wrong with him, and not just like in a passing way be like, "What what the hell's wrong with you?" Even up to until. Chris gets murdered late in the episode. Right. He's like, you're acting really weird. Are you on drugs or something? I don't know. He says He's something like, are you like taking that. me to an AA meeting? Yeah. It's it's just odd that that character would be that stupid. I mean, he'd been um, drinking, so maybe we can chalk it up to being drunk at that point. I suppose. But Chris doesn't come across as completely wasted, though. No. He's I guess still able to talk and stuff. So, 
Well, I mean, their dad did say one of them was dim-witted, right? Mm-hmm. And that they could figure out which one it was. Yeah. So maybe he's the... I guess that that is right. I, I'm, you he's know, not so smart. I'm glad I have you to talk to about because <laughs> I miss things like that. You know what I mean? We're able to pick out more than just what one of us would pick up. So well, it's because like I'm that. reading the dialogue. Yeah. I usually turn on subtitles as well. Um, it's the way to go. I don't do that with every show, but I feel like if we're going to be on point with information, it helps. You yeah, know what I mean? For sure. Um, yeah, so Chris comes in. What is their conversation really? Well, I can't remember what they talk about, but I think it's more of just a... Well, his brother says, how can you live with yourself mm-hmm. or something? And Ace, I did write down a quote. He said, I find I can live with a lot. Yeah. Which seemed really ominous as far as oh yeah what he's doing. Um, I kind of didn't write much down about the scene because it really is just like, is keeping Chris involved. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't just appear at that party. He's in and out of that shop front sort right. of thing that they have going on um then we get a scene with nadia and pop the uh chemo is apparently not working on pop mm-hmm. pop would rather not fight it but nadia has other ideas about that and is like i'm gonna do whatever possible i can right so she's trying to get him into a va test trial or something and as soon as she was talking to that doctor and he said i'm gonna need the military records i was like oh this is where it's all gonna go downhill yeah this is where we're gonna get the unraveling of what your theory was about yeah uh pop and you know I didn't think it was that far of a stretch. Once we got that information that she's going to be digging into his official paperwork, it's like, okay, well, she's going to find out. Yeah. Um, This is where I wrote and underlined, man, this episode is kind of (laughs) sad. For sure. Like, we're not even halfway through this episode, and it's already like, geez, everything that is going on is sad. (laughs) It's just all all the lies are unraveling for everyone. Um, Annie overhears Ace looking into Abdi, um, and I put in quotations in French. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I was like, he knows French now? Yeah. And he's, you know, I guess they are in, um, they're in Maine, which is very close to the border. Well, see, if he's a body snatcher, he would know French now because he's inhabited. And that's why... He was having to watch Ooh. those whole movies because he needed to learn how Ace acts. I wonder if the Marstons are French. I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, that whole community could have been French, like all those people. Yeah. And, the, yeah, that's where I was going is like, I believe the French, I should have done more research on this, but I believe Montreal and the French side of Canada um, are on the eastern side near Maine so like it wouldn't be outside of the realm of possibilities that they migrated down those French Canadians yeah exactly um the dog still hates Ace slash not Ace he knows you know she dogs know yeah in horror it seems like pets know more than the main characters (laughs) sometimes right um Let's see. We're at the Marston house. The cop and the realtor are like his followers now. They like come out on the porch and they're both very sort of uh, creepy-ish. Stoic and, and creepy. Right. And they follow him back into the Marston house. Yeah. From they're the they're his pod people. So um, Chris 
is talking to Nadia a little bit and she says or he says that he will help convince Pop to do their plan together now, which is yeah. to get him help somehow. That's a very short scene. Yeah. Um Pop is with the reverend of the town. Yeah, he goes to the church. Right. And um, you know, Pop is confiding in him about needing direction on confessing his secrets to Nadia. He doesn't He doesn't say that. He doesn't words. say that, but I got that a is, friend. Yeah. That's what he's trying to get across to him without revealing too much information about himself or yeah. their situation, you know. He's playing his cards close to the vest while at the same time getting advice from the only person he knows right. to get advice from. Um, and the reverend says, but what's the cost to her, her or whoever he's talking about? Yeah. What's it cost her by confessing? Yeah. So he needs to not just think about what his, it's going to do for him. Right. Right. Which is of course the thing he needs to consider, you know, other people, not just himself and what things he has done or his his quote-unquote friend has done right well because he feels he's at the end of life so he thinks he would feel better to get it off his chest and the reverend's like well just because it's going to make you feel better doesn't mean it's going to make her feel better right um and that's true about a lot of things you got to think about that in your everyday life oh yeah absolutely it's just because you need to say it does that mean it's going to make the other person feel better yeah sometimes Keeping things that could hurt others to yourself, actually, almost always is the better way, you know, even if it might benefit you in the slightest, like you have to put your own ego to the side, your own insecurities or whatever, Mm -hmm. and just do the right thing. Yeah. You know, for for your need to be forgiven. Right. Um, So Pop goes and burns the letter of confession that he wrote to Nadia about his, uh, parentage or lack thereof yeah right or or um what he did what he did while he was there which we find out later of course yeah Yeah, we still have no idea what he actually did and what's in the letter right um but does that mean he won't still confess that's that's kind of what i was writing Um, i feel like yeah he's not planning on telling her anymore i sort of doubt that they would have this storyline at all and not have pop redeem himself in some way yeah you know what i mean like maybe later on of course but his last dying thing he does yeah this is certainly not the end of this plot line whatsoever no um no he'll do something in the end to save nadia right and then pop um says that he wants his own drunken wake yeah which (laughs) hell yeah yeah i mean um have a party and be able to go to it a friend of ours passed and another friend of ours brought alcohol to the wake. I'm not sure if we were all 21 at that point or not, <laughs> but um, I definitely thought that was interesting. I'd never seen that at a funeral before. I've, That's like a thing around here in St. Oh, Louis. Yeah. Well, thankfully, I, you know, of course, like, you don't want to ever go have to go to funerals. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, thankfully, I've been to as few as I have. You know what I mean? Um but in those few that I had before that point, there had never been a drop of alcohol. Around. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, um, I always saw like people drinking beer in the parking lot. Yeah. 
Well, my family, uh, pretty much across the board, are not really drinkers, mm. or they used to be and aren't anymore. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So, like, that isn't really our jam. Like, when we hang out... <laughs> That's we not the time you pop a beer? No. Well, we, even, like, family get-togethers, nobody's getting plowed. You know what I mean? Um, I, I actually more like the sober vibe mm-hmm. at my get-togethers. I like the more... The like, no drama? Yeah. <laughs> and the family are able to, our family are able to be closer to each other and not be furious with each other right. anymore you know so i very much encourage my family if you hear this please no overly drinking <laughs> family get-togethers it's not a problem generally but i like the vibe that yeah. we have going on with the non-drunkenness you know um that's more my taste of course it doesn't always have to be like that but funerals sometimes can be that way or wakes yeah. right um Joy's friend brings Joy the lockbox that was at the uh, their residence, right? Yeah. Inside, she's able to get in by um, <laughs> by guessing that it's Christmas, <laughs> which is fitting. Um, there's a gun and a disc with, turns out, a story on it of some kind. That's as far as we really know, though. Yeah. We just see the title and then the... Be- and it's dated. The outside is dated. Yeah, I can't remember what the date is on it. I didn't write that down, but uh, yeah. So Joy immediately is intrigued by 9, this. Nine seventeen, two thousand four. Two thousand four. So it was several years before where we are, which um, it's presumed, I guess, is that it's present day. Yeah. So it's like fifteen years before, which is kind of roundabouts how old she is. Right? She's like yeah. fourteen. Yeah. Something like that. So um I'd say this puts her at like our age. Yeah. Annie, at yeah. Which, you know, mid thirties. Which you know, by the stuff we find out in episode five, everything fits. Yeah. Time wise, right? Um, but we don't know that now. I have to say, um, the wake party, I love that rattling box song. Oh, yeah. I think and, the music choice pretty much has been on point for this series so far. Yeah, but anytime I hear that song, I immediately think Authority Zero because they played that almost every time live. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was wondering why it, sound, it like sounded so familiar, familiar? to me. Yeah. yeah, every time you went and see Authority Zero, they always played that song. I right. love that song. And so the whole time listening to it, I was thinking, oh, man, I wish they would have picked the Authority Zero <laughs> version. Well, I can't... I can't remember if that was on an Authority Zero album or if they, it was just that was just a thing they played live. Um, but it's a traditional Irish song, yeah. so that is kind of I the vibe of I feel like it is one, on one of the albums. Yeah. Well, they um, the band that's at his the wake on the show is playing pretty much across the board traditional Irish right. tunes. So um, I definitely liked that. Oh, yeah, me too. And I guess we're moving uh, right into the that moment of this episode but uh not while the wake is going on nadia is looking for pop's paperwork yeah Uh, she oh actually this is a little bit earlier nadia is looking for pop's paperwork from the army to get him in a cancer study for veterans which we mentioned earlier um aces grunts attack her at the shop after hours right um but she shows that she's very capable and she knows where the weapons are hidden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she could totally handle herself. Um, and she escapes from them very handily so. Like, yes. 
no problem whatsoever with these idiot no guys right um they're sort of aces heavies yeah right? goons. yeah so uh i don't know if she has gun training but it seems like she does because yeah. they tease her about it like oh you think you can handle that gun like you we know you know where it is but can you even shoot it and she's like fucking try me bang on yeah the <laughs> um so she knows exactly what she's doing then we go to pop's wake uh, not Ace promises that he won't fight Abdi um, while they're there. Um, we get the reveal that the realtor is also here, so something is going on. She's eating eggs. What is yeah. with them and eggs? I know. Yeah, we got the egg moment earlier too. Yeah, he was eating the, saw... like just completely raw egg. Yeah. Um, I guess the plan for weeding out these body snatchers is just to look for quiet weirdos. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we see... Um, the cop is there, too. Yeah, we see a kid come in, and he's, like, stealing beer out of the casket because the casket is where all the beer is at. Yeah. And Pop comes up to him and, you know, gives him some trouble and then says, take some more beer. And the kid leaves. And I And I wondered at that point, like, why did we see that kid? We find out later why we saw that kid. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I think that the beer in the casket was a nice touch. It, by was. The way. <laughs> it was. It was a nice detail. I've uh, I've been to plenty of parties where they didn't have a cooler, so they improvised. Yeah, and it was kind of like that, except a little bit more creepy, of course, because it's out of a casket. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, I've seen, I don't know, like. I guess, uh, larger trash cans converted yep. into, like, you just fill it up with ice, and then yeah. it doesn't matter that it's a trash can. You know what I mean? Yep. Bathtubs. <laughs> Bathtubs, uh, sort of, like, um, oil cans, like, bigger industrial oil cans. Yeah. I've seen those full. A good drum. Yeah, like a drum, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, Pop... Brings the party to a screeching halt <laughs> when he gives his own eulogy. And it's like, okay, this got even more sad. Yeah. Which I didn't think was possible. but Because he's almost is... confessing to what he did. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, sort of like all of the townspeople are there, it seems like, right? Yeah. They're all dancing to these Irish jigs and whatnot. Mm. Uh, then we see Nadia uncover the truth about Pops in his papers. That he was in Somalia. Right. The, and it specifically says that. I, I rewound it and kind of, well, not rewind, but <laughs> <laughs> you skip back 15 seconds. Dating yourself. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm, you know, by the way, we're taping this, uh -huh, yeah. <laughs> what we're doing right now. <laughs> I have a hard time not saying that. Yeah, of course. Um, it's ingrained in I'm us. Like, did you tape at it? This point. <laughs> right. Uh... Um, so then she comes back to the wake and confronts him, right? Yeah. In front of everyone. She calls him a fuck or something like that. Yeah. Uh, which I can't remember. Is is Annie at this wake as well? No. I don't think she is. No. Because if she was, she would say Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> at this moment, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, she wasn't there. Uh, Ace takes Chris to the church. Well, first we see the Abdi's friend, the body snatcher dude, who was eating the raw egg the episode before. Mm-hmm. We see the kid on the bike, and then he just slams into him with a car. Oh, that's right. And yeah, I that forgot to put that in my notes. And that scared the shit out of me. When that happened, I jumped. Yeah. I was not expecting that. Oh, man. 
Yeah, that was brutal. Um, I don't know why that got past me, but maybe things were just moving too quickly for me to yeah. write down fast enough. But was... uh, but yeah, so obviously now we know that. The, I mean, we saw the cop earlier walk in the front door of the the you know Mars house, but now we know that it isn't just Ace that is capable of murdering. Yeah, they're all doing it. Um, because then we see the realtor lure the bartender right and the cop kills the councilwoman right and then we see and at the same time chris is ta- being yeah. taken to the church, the church. by ace mm-hmm. um Ooh, halloween kitty <laughs> uh meryl the meryl bros have a very cool realistic fight in the church basement yeah they do uh so chris isn't all dumb like no. as soon as they he's being attacked he's like he he reacts very much how he would with um his brother before he got all creepy and stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you know, growing up, those two got into it constantly. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Um, that's the vibe you get from them leading up to this. That like it's a very sort of tumultuous relationship. They're constantly fucking batting heads Love, all the hate. time. Yeah. Um, then the fucking reverend comes out of nowhere. Well, I guess they're at a church, so it's really not out of nowhere. Well, yeah, because Chris thinks he's killed Ace, and he's, like, bleeding out, and he falls on the floor of the church, and the Reverend comes out, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll get help. Yeah, but the Rev ends up murdering Chris. Yeah. And... With, like, a cross thing or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's clearly dead. Like, there's no way that he didn't die from that. Yeah. Right? Um, so it's kind of, I mean, it's definitely the, besides maybe the car thing, the, the cop hitting the kid thing. No, it wasn't the cop. It was Abdi's friend. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, besides that happening, uh, might be the most brutal of their kills so far. You know what I mean? Um, depends on if you think a, uh, spiky church ornament of some kind (laughs) is more brutal than a getting hit by a car. Smash. Yeah. Um, but this is where we find out that 400 years ago in New Jerusalem, there was a group of people. And that's kind of all we find out about them. Right. Um, yeah, I'm like I said, like, we, I don't, we don't have enough information. I know that, like, we, we saw those sort of hieroglyphs or whatever they were down in that pit. Yeah. And now this weird, just weird stuff that is making this group of people murder people and bring them back from the dead. And then Ace, we see Ace sort of rise back from the dead. Yeah. Yeah, I guess um, what you're referring to is the sort of monologue that Ace, not Ace, is giving to uh, Chris. Right. As they're walking towards there, right? Mm-hmm. As they're walking towards the church or into the church. He's like, dude, what are you talking yeah. about? So you're obviously on something. Yeah. Um, I think the reason I didn't write what he was saying down is I thought maybe he was just tricking him somehow. Like mm. I didn't. I guess I didn't think is is it, it is as significant as it is. But um, I should pay more attention. <laughs> I guess <laughs> because like he's literally telling him where what really what is, is going, going on. Yeah. yeah. But he knows that he's has murder in pl- in his plans for him, so like it doesn't matter exactly. And he's going to bring him back as a not Chris, mm-hmm. you know. So body snatcher, exactly. Um, then we get Nadia confronting Pop, 
Um, and that's sort of where we leave this episode of her her storming off, right? Yeah. Any post episode between four and five thoughts? Like, what did you? Where do you think maybe we're going for episode five? Um, well, I was happy I knew it as far as what happened with Pop and their mom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're like, okay, I was right. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> and Which is always a nice feeling. It is. It is. No, I was just, um, yeah, just like you, more curious as to where this is going. Because we didn't really learn too much about Annie's side of it. It was more the body snatcher side of it. Right. Did we get any more of Annie seeing the tall man in this one? I don't think we no, did. No, we did not. My only sort of like thing that I didn't mention from last week that I I may have mentioned it, but I don't really listen to these. So um, I thought about it a lot more as I'm reading um, Salem's Lot this week. And actually I'm taking it pretty slow, so it's probably going to be maybe for the rest of this run. Maybe not, though. Um, that I, I'm sort of to lean more towards that this Hubie Marston character that lived in the Marston house that that built it or whatever, mm-hmm. that he has a lot to do with this situation, that maybe he's the center of this whole cult-ish sort of thing that Ace ends up mentioning at the end of this episode. Like, I feel like he has something very much to do with this, and right. that is why... The house is so tainted, right? I can see that. Um, not just that he mur- was a mobster and murdered and stuff, but that there's other stuff going on. Witchcraft um, and voodoo. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that also could possibly have to do... That might be the tying connection between the tall man thing that is going on, too. Like, I think he might very well be this sort of ghostish thing that she's seeing this vision whatever it is yeah um but it's still way open in the air right or up in the air i should say um i you know we don't know so it's just a theory that i have but uh, i wanted to make sure i mentioned that before we move on to episode five um and then of course as i sort of talked about a little bit earlier i'm not super into how they're playing these weird like I, these weird characters, I really would like more information than I'm getting. <laughs> like, I'm being impatient about it, I know, because we're only... Well, that's how I felt last season, four. about the kid. Yeah. Well, that was all the way at the end of yeah. the season, though. That That's why... Um, it's what they do to us. I guess I'm more cautious about it this season now. Like, I want more information earlier than we got last season. I was more patient about it last week and like, eh, they'll tell us. Yeah. yeah but... That wasn't as satisfactory at the end <laughs> as it could have been. So, um, because then the next episode deals nothing with that. No, yeah, we get a more the episode five is a more self-contained sort of delving into the past. Yes, we do get more stuff between Annie and Joy, but we don't get a whole lot of the Ace situation. No, so um, almost none at all. Exactly, and so more impatience. Yeah, <laughs> which is fine. Um, would you like to take a break in between four and five? Yeah. Okay, so we will do that, and you will not hear that. And I don't know why I, I don't even know if I left that stuff in where I said that last week. Oh yeah, like I might have taken it out, so I might take this out too. Right. <laughs> the more we talk, the more you have to edit. 
Let's go. Let's actually bookend this first segment by um, saying this podcast is brought to you by Podcats. Podcats. And if we happen to see, my nose just hit the mic. If we, uh, that's not um, uncommon either because I have a large <laughs> nose. Um, this first segment brought to you by Podcats. If we see a podcast or several in between, we will make sure to pet them for everyone listening. Yes. Um. Glad you had a lot to add there. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a break. All right, bye. Episode five, <clears throat> The Laughing Place. Yeah, we finally get to figure out what that is. Yeah, so as we mentioned, you're going to kind of lead uh, this uh, this episode. Yeah. Um, I did write down a bunch of stuff, but... I did too. I wrote down... Um couple two three four pages (laughs) okay great so let's get started (laughs) okay so um episode five takes place so we learned that the cd says 9 17 2004 Mm -hmm. and it's the ravening angel which was written on that box that we first see annie running through the woods with right and we had no idea what that meant yeah um so now we're in California, 1994. Correct. And Annie is a little girl. Right. <laughs> and she doesn't know how to read. And she's in class and everybody's making fun of her. Yeah, so she, when she looks at that paper, the letters and everything are like warped and backwards. And, yeah. And I wrote down dyslexic, possibly, because Probably. that is how they see that kind of stuff. You For know what sure. I mean? Or it'll be mixed up most of the time. Like yeah. they'll say the last thing in a sentence first and that kind of thing or the last thing in a word first or that's how they read it anyway and that's what screws them up right the lot a lot of things in order yeah um so this is where we learn that they are reading a book called brad rabbit right and the laughing place right so we finally figure out where the hell laughing place came from right um besides that it was in the misery novel now we have earlier backstory right we have it in this one as a backstory venom <laughs> laying on my nose. <laughs> so yeah, so she's just making up what she thinks the book says and everybody's laughing at her. Um so then we cut to the school bus and one of the kids on there, a girl calls her an Atard. Mhm. Which I thought was weird. I guess cuz Annie. Yeah. Annie Tard? Yeah, okay. I think so. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> um so she reacts in a totally normal way and smacks the shit out of the girl with her lunchbox. Yeah, and it turns out this is like the third time that <laughs> something crazy something. has happened. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, her parents get called into school, and this is where you find out that her mom says Christmas as a curse word. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so immediately we start to see that Annie has always has, been a special child. Yeah, and she like mimics stuff that her, is in her mom's lexicon. Right. You know, like she's been very sheltered by her mom and dad and like they 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 have different views on the world but uh, but they sort of feed on each other a little bit yeah um they're similar enough yeah that they can agree on like some things as far as parenting yeah for sure um but just from this meeting that they have with the teacher or the or the principal, I guess it might be. Yeah. Um. 
Annie's dad seems to have a little bit better of a grip on reality a little bit. And his mom is just her mom. Her mom is just as strict as you could be and is very just straight up angry with both you know, Annie's dad and the person that is challenging um, her on her child. Her child, right. Mm-hmm. So um and you know, I I wrote down that I feel like you know, the backstory feels very true to the Annie character that we have known before this. Good. You know, right. like whatever led her to be as crazy out there as she is, you know, and her parents aren't involved in current day situation we have on the show right. or later on in the misery story. Um, there's obviously a turbulence of a past, yeah. right? She's messed up. Something happened. And in the book, she references her mom and says all of these sort of things that Annie in our current day of this show also does. Where it's like, you know, um, searchers and settlers and yeah. and good and bad people and no in no between. between. Everybody yeah. is dirty birdies out in the world and I'm the only one that can watch out for you, Joy, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So they decide to pull her out of school and homeschool her, mm-hmm. and they turn their attic into a school right. of sorts, which really the school is only Annie typing out the book for her dad Yeah, so that, <laughs> on a computer. They've sort of taken on the role of homeschooling at this point, Yeah, and it's not going well. You know, no. we see her Well, he's not reading. a teacher. He has no idea what he's doing. Sure. Um, I think they have good intentions- yeah. But because they are so messed up in the head, you know, both of them kind of have their issues, the yeah. mom and the dad. For sure. Um, just in different ways. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I think Annie attaches herself to her family sometimes in a violent way and um, has seen anger and violence at home. And yeah. that is sort of bleeding over into her school life and stuff now. Right. Um, so we see that her dad is the one who wrote the, is it Ravening Angel? Yeah. Ravening Angel. Right. Right. And and at this point I'm like, oh, the tall man's been her dad. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. No, it's definitely her dad. It is. the same dude. Okay. It got like, when. He's just not like. When the face is all messed up and stuff, I couldn't really tell. I I had inklings towards it, but I didn't go back and look what. It's definitely her dad. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely her dad. Yeah. Um. So he tells her she needs to type what he wrote on the typewriter onto the computer because everything's digitized nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says that she's always going to be his number one fan. Right. And also the typewriter thing um, totally fits for her dad when she's the tall man. Right. Because yeah. that's what she heard him doing. That Bullshit. clicking sound. That totally all makes sense now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and later in the episode, we see him wearing that hat. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I meant to write that down and ask you about that because I thought most likely mm-hmm. it was at this point. It's not Marston. It's not any of that. It's no, like, it's, yeah. it's it's her dad. So, so then we go present day and Joy's reading the story right. on the computer. And Abdi says he has to leave. So he takes her with him, right? Um, 
I don't think that happens yet. Okay, maybe that's later. Yeah, that's later. Um, but then we go back to Annie, and now she's a teenager. She's no longer a little girl in grade school. Mm-hmm. Now several years have gone by. I think they say 10. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> um, and she's still learning how to read. Yeah, she hasn't progressed Not very, very much, well. even though they've been reading the same, you know, stuff, same kind of stuff that is that her dad is writing. Yeah, all the characters are the same, yeah. but she's still having a hard time yeah. sounding those out and typing. But they're talking, they, they end up talking about how the, there's a GED test coming up. Uh, that and, she's working towards. Yeah. yeah, and the mom is very negative about all of that and is even you see the dynamic between her and the dad where you know she's doing the line work of all the household stuff and is working the only one working and he's just been plotting along in this novel for a decade or whatever and she's like a huge neat freak yeah clean freak yeah you know i think you know throughout this episode you just see the parallels between Annie and her mom, they're like exact. Yeah. And there's plenty more stuff that happens that is like that young Annie does and that older Annie does that is exactly her exactly mom. what her mom is doing. Yep. Ha- and has done. Right. So. Well, um, I mean, heck, she's heck. <laughs> I mean, heck. Oh, heck. She's <laughs> quoting her. Christmas. Uh, Christmas. <laughs> so at this point, mom says. I'm staying home. Dad's going back to work at the bank. Like, yeah. you're not you're not progressing quick enough. Mm-hmm. This should have happened by now. Right. So. Um. Oh, and I thought it was weird that her mom's a, like a dental hygienist and she's just like cleaning her teeth and flossing oh, at home. Yeah, I mean, that totally fits because like <laughs> when you go to the dentist or, you know, or whatever, and the dental assistant is doing that. Yeah. It can only be like a very awkward sort of intense thing they do because they're right up in your grill oh yeah they are. so it's like i think they did that because that is literally her being as close and intrusive to annie as she can possibly be you know what i mean right like to the point where she is flossing for her yeah like that is that as close as an, an intense and intrusive into annie's life as she can be you know what i mean and they're having an uncomfortable conversation during oh yeah all this too so. the whole time and she hurts her yeah she's bleeding it's fucked up i don't like that at all yeah no. like you know i mean we we talked about how we didn't like the cutting thing <laughs> like that's cutting your gums yeah that is what's that and that is awful not okay <laughs> it's not okay not okay it is a real close-up shot and everything too yeah <sighs> don't like it nope so then we go back to present day and Joy is still reading. And this is where Abdi comes to her and he says he needs to go to the site. Okay, so yeah. he drags her along. And then Joy just comes waddling out of nowhere <laughs> like right. from the night. <laughs> right. Um, Looking very intense. Yeah. You know, walking quickly. Um, Yeah. So she gets in the car with her and they have like a five minute conversation. She says it was just a bad patch. I'm better now. Yeah. Like, and and this goes back to the only good and only bad things mm-hmm. can happen, right? So, like, she got through a bad spell. Now she's back in her good side. She's not in between at all. She's yeah. only that. You know, it's very binary thinking about life, which is totally a skewed thing. That is not what life is. <laughs> no, and she's definitely not over her bad patch. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, in this sort of scene, I thought, like, 
What is she continuing to hide about Joy's dad? Well, this... Yeah, because she asked for her dad's name. And at this point, I was thinking, okay, Joy and Annie are sisters. Because I was at first thinking that her dad raped her. Yeah. And that's where I thought this was going. Because yeah, I didn't she, pick that up here. I picked it up a little bit further on. but Yeah, because she she thing. held him to such high regard. And then all of a sudden, she didn't anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, something had to have happened. So at this point, I'm thinking, all right, well, maybe Joy really is her daughter. And she was raped by her father at some point. Yeah. Well, I you know, this is close. Yeah. So I at this point I thought the dad they shared the same Yeah. Dad. So I don't know, of course we'll get to that, but Right. Um But she doesn't say anything, so Joy kicks her out of the car. Yeah, Joy kicks her out, Abdi's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, you know, thankfully he didn't pull a gun on I was gonna say time. there was no gun, I don't think. <laughs> Um, so he certainly has to have it on him, though. Oh, of course. There's no way he doesn't. No, it's 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 in his back jeans, you know, in his butt, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for where sure. You, where you keep it to be safe. Right. <laughs> as long as the safety's on, that is, in theory, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a fall down in your butt. Or just, like, fall out of your, like... <laughs> it you comes, out your, oh, comes out your pant leg. Yeah. I'm gonna kick the mic stand. <laughs> um... So, yeah, so we go back to teenage Annie again, and her mom has got her a tutor. Her name is Rita. She's a young, youngish lady. She seems nice. Do you recognize this actress from anything? She seemed familiar, but I don't, I couldn't think of where I would know her from. She really looks like, I don't, I didn't look up Sarah, uh, Sarah Gadone is her name. She was mm. the uh, lead actress in the eleven twenty two sixty three series they did. Oh. Uh, I think it was an Amazon thing, maybe. But uh, she looks very similar to that other actress. And I I should probably, should have probably done research and seen if it was her or not. Yeah. But, um, no, I, I liked this actress that was playing Rita, though. I thought she did a really good job. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically, the teacher is brought in because it is not working out, and the no. mom brings yeah. the teacher Because in. the mom knows, I'm not a teacher. I need to bring somebody in who yeah. knows how to teach. And, and the dad is back working again at a bank. So right. nobody is there to teach her in order to pass this GED thing. Yeah. So Rita makes her start reading Pinocchio, mm-hmm. um, and Annie doesn't like it because she doesn't like how the story ends. Right. That Pinocchio had redemption when he was a terrible, terrible person. Yeah. He didn't have a consequence. She right. thought he should have just been dead. And this goes back to that good or bad <sighs> thing. Right. There's like no in-between. Good between. people should live. Bad people should always die. Right. Um. Yeah. And then I think the dad gets introduced to her. And. Right. They so, have a conversation about her why is she only books. reading your stuff? That doesn't. Yeah. That isn't going to work. Well, you know? and he's mad because she's making her read kid books. Yeah. And he feels she's on a higher level than that. Right. Um, but she's not. No. And he totally flirts with her at this point. Exactly. Yeah. So that <laughs> was my where my inkling started. Is like, oh, maybe they have a relationship of some kind. It's like more... Once he gets the um, compliments from her about the oh, book... Yeah. He's all about all it. All about it. So that's the thing with his personality, too, that is very... Everything that we see of 
his relationship with Annie. Um, he likes praise. Yeah, and he it's all this centered on this book. Right. You know what I mean? So that stuff all harkens back to the original Misery novel where Annie um, is so insane about this story that this author, she ends up, you know, capturing or whatever. Yeah. She's so insane about it. And that all goes back to her relationship with her father in that, you know, it's all about this thing he's writing. Right. And the good and the bad is like, Annie only thinks good. Like everybody who's bad will always be bad. Will always be bad. The story that he, that Paul Sheldon wrote um, where misery dies off um, is in the car with Paul Sheldon when he gets captured by her, right? She reads right. and is like, this is all wrong. Nope, you can't You are this. rewriting <laughs> all of it. That's exactly what she's doing with her dad. She's telling him, this is, you should change this, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it all goes back to that. Right. Um, so then we have like a montage of Annie and Rita becoming like friends mm-hmm. and Annie getting better at reading. And all of a sudden we see Rita show up one day and she's pregnant. Right. And I was like, uh oh, yeah. Annie stole that baby. Right. <laughs> and Annie is asking her about the pregnancy and stuff. And like, where's the dad? Yeah. And, and she won't say. She won't say. And I'm like, she's being okay. Very guarded. Yeah. More guarded than a person, person should be that's this close with this kid now. Because yeah. obviously over this montage that we get, like, you see that they're very close now. Yeah. Um, so and... I no longer think that Annie was raped by her father. I now think she stole this baby of Rita's. Yeah. And the, right under this scene is where I wrote prediction. Teacher and dad got um, teacher and the dad are together on the side. Dad got her pregnant. Yep. And that is why he ends up having to leave. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I feel like from this montage and from the interaction you get early on with Annie and Rita, like she's a bright and shining moment in her, she's a, a good person. Right. You know, she like sees for Rita Annie. as a good, well, and she sees Rita as a good person. Yeah. And is the only person. one that has really helped her achieve anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, now Annie loves her dad a lot. Uh, I she has something, some kind of love for her mom, but it's not really love. It's like a just an a, attachment, yeah. You know, because that's all she knows is her, the way her mom has loved her. So how would she know that that's not okay? Right. You know what I mean? Wait, it's very it's, manipulative. It's not okay. No, it's not. It's a very manipulative <laughs> relationship all around. Everybody that's involved. Oh in this. man, I was trying to emulate my life yeah. after them. Again, this episode is super sad. Yeah, <laughs> like everything. With Annie is super sad. With her mom is super sad. It's fucked up. But uh, yeah. So, so is she, that where is that where we go in the next scene? I think. Yeah, because now we're with her mom, and her mom is concerned about dirty birds, like her father. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the father, uh, her dad, might have a publisher, so he just is like, "All right, peace out. I'm moving out." Yeah. The sort of I I really liked that they spent a little bit of time in that scene we previously mentioned with the um, dental work she's doing on her because yeah. you see like just based upon the mom's face compared to Annie's face because Annie is really happy and she's excited like that she's getting ready to pass the GED thing and everything and. 
there's this sadness. Yeah, you see the sadness and the happiness directly next to each other. Yeah. Because of this Rita character's outside influence, now Annie is proud of herself and she's happy. And you see just how disparate between, you know, well, mom I- and daughter are. Like, the mom is wrecked, sad. She's yeah. drinking. She like is practically alone now because the dad is moved out. Is getting ready to move out or has already right or the relationship is basically non functioning anyway. Gone. Um, and then you have the innocent, hopeful, and Aunt Annie who's really happy. You yeah. know, so I d- I just liked that they put those th- together so you could see how just how different Opposite. they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he says he will always be her number one fan. So, right. Oh, yeah. And that goes back to the novel as well. Like, right. I'm your number one fan, Paul. That yeah. kind of, that crazy warped idea of the number one fan thing. Yeah. That goes back to with her mom, her, her dad and how it goes so fucking crazy in the rest of this episode <laughs> with their relationship. Because she has a violent, it turns out, a super violent attachment to these people. Yeah. You know? And is very protective over when, over any of them. And if she feels wronged and that a good becomes a bad, she, she reacts. She will write that wrong. Yeah, exactly. Um, even accidentally so. You yeah. know what I mean? So anyway. Um, so now we move to present day Annie and she's gone to the bar and she sits at the bar and she gets a vodka. Mm-hmm. Just like her mom drank. Right. And that's just a little in-between thing. Cause yeah, now we're that's seeing another... Where- present day annie is that's another thing where even our present day annie is living out the same life as her mom emulating her yeah like the the vodka thing happened almost one scene right after the the other you Mm -hmm. know what i mean yep where you see the mom drinking in the past drinking right so everything is lining up you know what i mean they're literally going past the present and it's like yeah annie is just like her mom how can we make this more clear to you (laughs) (laughs) um so then we go back to young annie and there's a really sad christmas tree in their house yeah for sure (laughs) um she passed the ged she's super excited she got a four out of four so she calls her dad um then we see a scene with annie and her mom and they're like sitting by some water and they had gone to look at a college i guess and her mom wants to know why she's not going further away um, but she doesn't want to because that's where her dad went to school. Right. So again, we still have, even though the dad is not there, she wants to do everything like her dad. Exactly. And when she gets, she passes the GED, uh, she immediately calls her dad. Right. You know what I mean? She's and it, still very much attached. Yeah. And it's at this point that we start hearing those weird noises and the mom looks out into the water and at this point I'm thinking, Okay. She's not going to allow this to happen. She's going to drive in that water. And guess what she did? Yeah, boom, suicide. <laughs> yeah, no, I I wasn't sure that she was going to drive out into it. Oh, like, I, I knew for sure. You knew right away? Yeah, when they showed that water and she started like touching her car mm-hmm. at first, I thought, oh, God. Well, the reason I didn't think it was going to happen is because Annie was still in the car and she's right. still alive in present day. So, like, I wouldn't right. think, you know, no, she her... would turn into one of those crazy, weird, attached moms that kills their 
kids early on. You yeah. Know? Like that, that's one of the saddest fucking things in the world. <laughs> yeah. And they brushed up on it on this show. <laughs> yeah. Well, because her mom says she finally sees how she can make it right yeah. and get away clean. Yeah. The rot is always there. And I'm like, she's going to kill them. <laughs> yeah. She said that rot is always there thing whenever uh, she was doing the dental cleaning earlier. Yeah. <laughs> like she's killing them. And then she locks the door and drives into the water and. Yeah. Annie pops out and mom doesn't. Right. So after this, they do the funeral and Annie goes into total shutdown mode. Yes. Which is, um, you know, I was not surprised by that. It was three months of shutdown mode. Right. And that is exactly what Annie in the Misery novel does after she, she'll, she'll basically have a sort of small tiff with Paul Sheldon and he'll be insanely frightened that he's going to send her over the edge. Yeah. And what she'll do is she'll go into these shutdown modes and sometimes it's sporadic. Sometimes she'll just come in and she'll be like that. Or sometimes she'll, she will not check on him. Yeah. For days, for right? day, for yeah. long, long periods of time because he needs his medicine, yeah. you know, that she's giving him all the time. Um, so well, this she, is the same kind of stuff from yeah. back then, or well, in the future. <laughs> <laughs> back then, in the future. Uh, so Annie's mom dies. Then Annie goes into practically living as a dead person. Yeah, you know she's what I mean? Comatose. She's dead to the world. So Dad moves back in, and right. he's setting up for a dinner party of sorts, and the guests are Rita and the baby. Right. Which initially she's Annie is happy to see Rita, which I expected. Like yeah. if anybody can pull her Annie out of this, out of her, the, yeah. and I'm, I'm, you know, I think that's half of what the dad was trying to do, and the other half is to rush into this reveal. New family, yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, I didn't write down much about it, but the dinner with Rita is a crazy, yeah, thing that happens well, I mean, and as soon as we see the baby and rita pull up i'm like all right he's for sure the baby's yeah, father absolutely like, there's yeah. no there's no other way about it um w- before they do the reveal this actually was a moment that pulled at my heartstrings a little bit like she rita has come back she's this really good character who has very good intentions for annie she's reintroduced into the story um she has this baby with her like it's all good stuff that is happening right right? and annie is coming back out of her black cloud you know what i mean and i was like man that's awesome yeah i'm really happy for annie and for all of them like maybe we're turning over a new leaf here (laughs) (laughs) turns out not so much nope it's the dinner party from hell right um because annie says you're her daddy too um, yeah. They and, reveal that yeah, he's, the dad is the dad of this baby that Rita had. Yeah, he said, well, because he's trying to say, oh, they just got together like within the last year. They started talking and reconnecting. Right. And she's doing the math in her head. And she's like, I know how old Evangeline is. I know the river was six months ago. She's like, And she says, math is not her problem. And that's when she picks up the knife. Yeah. And looks like she's going to start stabbing people. Yeah. I mean, because she she understands what's going on. Her dad was screwing around. Right. 
And that makes him a bad person. That and makes him a dirty birdie. It makes Rita a bad person. Yeah. Because she thought she was good. By the way, I forgot to open the episode with What's Up, Dirty Birdies. <laughs> so I'm just going to do that now. What's up, Dirty Birdies? Okay, we're right. done. You feel um, better about that? <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it was a holy shit moment when she picked up the knife. Because I thought, because the baby is the... Good. <laughs> is Well, is the, is the crux of this situation. Yeah. I thought for sure... If she's going to stab someone because this show is as crazy as it is. You thought it was going to be the baby? I thought it might be the baby. I thought she might dive at the baby. Oh, no. See, because the whole time I'm thinking she's kidnapped this baby. So yeah. I knew the baby was going to be safe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't I, I don't know. I Like in a quick scene like this or a quick situation where she picks up a knife right away. Yeah. Like I didn't. I don't know what I was thinking. It was. Just I thought her, this was it. I thought this is where she kills them. Yeah. And then she has to run away. Yeah. So. I didn't really. Th- I like once she puts down the knife, I was like, OK. Maybe emergency situation is over with, but I know that Annie will not be able to let this go. No. How crazy she acts all the time. Um, well, this just sends her over the edge. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She, she like, goes even crazier. We thought the total shutdown was bad. Now she is pushed completely over the edge. Yeah. She is. And on top of that, Rita moves in and she's kicked to the attic. Yeah. Like the baby takes over her old room. Right. So she's pushed out. Yeah. And in and, and this like sort of ramp down of this episode a little bit, we see like. Her come into the baby's room while the baby is crying mm-hmm. and just stand there creepily. Annie starts to get really big, like, bags under her eyes. Yeah. Which, again, just like her mom, uh, you know, she sits on the couch and Rita brings over the baby and is, like, obviously distrustful of yeah, Annie. Yeah, the baby just cries every time. Right. And she... And that... Has a negative effect on Annie as well. Yeah. Like, she's not getting any sort of positive no, and out of Re- any of the situations. And Rita wants Annie on medication, right. and she overhears that. And so, yeah, she's becoming very distrustful of everybody. Um, right. And then we finally get 12, <laughs> after 12 years, his story is done. Right. And they have a party, and he's apparently uh, printed out his books. Yeah, well, for everyone. Actually, when he is saying that he finished and yelling to Rita, she's stand Annie's standing in the backyard. Yeah. And here overhears this going on. Um, but she's she's alone. She's separated. I like the the separation here that she's outside of the house, separated from her father. She's still able to hear what's going on, but she is not included in no. the celebration of like she, yeah, she's at that party afterwards, but that little get together in the backyard barbecue kind of thing. Yeah. But when the when he finishes, if Rita was not involved, he would have celebrated with his daughter. Exactly. He would not have celebrated with his wife. He would have celebrated with her. Exactly. And which makes this dedication moment even more strong because the dedication before Rita would have been her. Would have been Annie. Yeah. And this is where we see the dad in that hat. Yeah. The tall man hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I should have 
put that together, but I didn't. So yeah. I'm glad I have you. So <laughs> thank you. So yeah, the dedication in the back of the book after Annie reads it, she sees that it says for Rita K. Green, my laughing place. Mm-hmm. And that just flips a switch in her brain. And yeah, because the laughing mad. place is a shared thing with her and her dad. Yeah. Uh you know, when Annie freaks out about it, and the dad, she's like, he gets up out of bed. He's like, "This is four in the morning, yeah. Annie. What are you doing?" And she's like mumbling and going crazy and she's throwing the book at him. She's talking about the dedication. She's like, "Yeah, laughing place. That was like our thing." Yeah, you and know? he's like, "Well, you can have more than one." Right, right, right. And, and he- <laughs> that doesn't jive with no. her view in life, where the, it's either A or B. It's right. either. Um, darker, like good or evil, good and bad. Like there's no in between on anything. Right. And she now sees Rita as bad. So he's saying her, his laughing place is her when right. she's bad to Annie. So, yeah. And uh, it's at this point that she pushes him. <laughs> yeah. So ac- quote unquote, accidentally, accidentally pushes him down the stairs. And my God, that was gnarly. Oh, I mean, he gets impaled, impaled. on the staircase. It is. Ugh, I just got smacked in the face. <laughs> on the, Venom is clearly a front runner for cat interruptions this season. Yeah, so then he gets impaled on the on the railing of the staircase. Yeah, and he had his last dying moments. He's like, "I'm fine. It's okay." <laughs> and she's trying to pull him off, and this is where having closed captioning. Is not good. No. <laughs> no. Because it says on the screen to help you understand what you're hearing, you know? I read this, by the way. Um, It says flesh crunching, squelching. Yeah, squelching. I uh, remember squelching. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. It is squelching. Oh, squelching. <laughs> I don't like the flesh crunching either. <laughs> and you know exactly what noise that is, too. Oh, yeah. It was it was gnarly. Um. You know, I, I, there's no way he's surviving this. <laughs> no. He's bleeding out all over. Oh, yeah. It's a particularly brutal. It's maybe the most... He's impaled, like, in his gut. Yeah. It's an awful way to die. Awful, 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 awful. So, and of course, because it's this show, we see everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and after this point, Annie's just, like, covered in his blood because she's been trying to pull him off of this. <laughs> yeah, and this is what she looked like. In those flashbacks we saw very early on. Right, where she had running. the box. Yeah, and it, it's at this point that uh, Rita walks in and sees um, what has happened. Mm-hmm. And instantly, Annie picks up scissors and starts chasing her. Yeah, and so they go. she goes to the bedroom. She goes to protect the baby. Right, which is, of course, what the motherly thing right. would be. Like, that's exactly where they should go. Yeah, you know? and um, Annie, not my no daughter, hesitation... Not my Bam! Yeah. Right in the gut with the scissors. Yeah, and that, I mean, I think that actually works because, you know, we see her come back to consciousness at the end of the episode. Which is weird because before she leaves, she stomps on her head. Oh, Did yeah. Did you remember seeing that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I so thought she was a goner. It actually works for me because if the head injury is not bad enough yeah. you know what i mean like if she's not totally bleeding out from her head injury and she's just knocked out by the kick to the head mm-hmm. um or the stomp or whatever it was then the stab wound to the stomach 
you don't bleed out quickly. Yeah. Unless you're impaled. Yeah. It's, it's exactly. It's, if you get stabbed or shot in the stomach, it's painful and very dangerous. And you will, if you don't get medical, medical attention, you will likely die from it. Yeah. Um, because your insides poison you, you know, um, but it takes a while. So if she regained consciousness in time, which it seemed like, you know, that she did what there wasn't. I, I mean, there was a lot of blood, but it yeah. wasn't like the dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It wasn't like that level. So if she. Well, that, and we don't really see her die. She just, right. she just bounces up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so when we go back to her and she wakes up, that actually works for me. I didn't yeah. feel like it was a cheap thing. No, I know? didn't either. It was a nice twist. I wasn't expecting. Right. Um, so yeah, so, um, she tries to go to the lake. Yeah. Right? She, she's got the baby in the box. Yeah. This and, is a continuation of the flashback thing. Right. And this before. is where she starts emulating her mother by saying that she knows how to, um, she knows how to get it clean. Yeah. And just, and go, just going to the water alone. She's going to kill that baby. Yeah. At this point. Like this is again, mimicking her mom's life. Yeah. She's, she's going to potentially, murder suicide um you know herself along with someone else so it's exactly the same yeah exactly (laughs) you know um but then the baby laughs and it's like oh i guess i won't kill you yeah so the baby like because it's um totally innocent and a good thing it can't die right you know what i mean yeah so she doesn't kill the baby doesn't kill the baby she doesn't kill herself either nope she's instantly um brought up to manic instead of total depression right. awfulness. So So now we flash back and uh Annie is at the bar. Right. Still. And Joy is looking up online for Rita. Yeah. Um this was like the, another total holy shit moment. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, reveal was like insane to me. I did like I I had had, you know, maybe fleeting thoughts that something like this might be going on. But when the reveal comes down and um, you know, that Evangeline is Joy. Yeah. I was like, "Holy shit, it's confirmed." Yeah. I was like, "I knew it." <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know, Earlier on, I was like, I, you know, I had the same reaction. I was like, oh, I knew it. <laughs> I was glad to get that confirmation within this episode. Right. You know? Yeah. Because sure. there's so many hanging plot lines. Yeah. You know what I mean? We have, the, the well, the major one with Ace and them. Yeah. That's frustrating me. But. It's nice to get some closure with this one. And, yeah. And finally figure out what's going on. And it, I mean, introducing this Rita character to the present day now. Yeah. Makes it even crazier and. I mean, I don't know if you have any predictions for what's going to happen with that, but I didn't end up writing anything down. I'm just really interested in wherever this is going. Because, you know, well, tell me this. Does does Joy hang up on, you know, I guess it's Eva now or Evangeline now. No. So what happens is we see that Rita's not dead. Right. And then we see Ace sit down at the bar with Annie. Yeah, so they leave. They... They don't they keep show going back how forth. far that conversation goes on. Well, but then we go we go back to Joy, and that's when she calls Rita. Right. So, and she says, yeah. do you know the book, The Ravening Angel? Mm-hmm. And she was like, 
who are you? Yeah, you, the only person who would know. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Is people within that, that are immediate involved. family. Right, exactly. So um that should be a cue for her to come to town. Right. And I and I, I thought it was interesting because they show Rita and she's living in like a slummy apartment. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, you know, she got stabbed and she got her head smashed and she wasn't able to put her life back together after that. Her husband was killed or not her husband, but her boyfriend was killed. Her daughter was taken. Oh, yeah. No, like, her I'm life sure, has just gone down the complete crap hole. I'm sure what like whatever her life what is now is a shadow of what it could have been. Right. You know, um, and I did notice in the background there is, there are maps up. Yeah, she's been looking. She's been looking, so she's looking for her daughter. Yeah. You know what I mean? And her daughter just fucking called her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah crazy. Out of nowhere. Yeah. So, um... The power of the internet. Very, you know... I, I did like, too, that when she was looking through Facebook and just looked up just Rita Green... Rita Green, clicking on different like ones. 500 yeah. of them, you know? Well, you know, you gotta be realistic. Oh, yeah, no, that's exactly what it yeah. would be like. It's like... Unless you see the photo of the person, you're not going to... Well, she has no idea what the person looks like. Right. And, um, you know, we uh, must assume that because the authorities have also been on the trail of Annie, that she is also... You know what I mean? Like, she is following along with what the police are doing in these different places. And she's got her own, probably, investigation going. Oh, yeah. It's all over the walls. Yeah. (laughs) So... Very interesting. Like, there's no way she's not coming to wherever they are. Yeah. So now we finally have closure on one aspect of this, but now... It opens up a oh, whole new yeah. can of worms. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um. Yeah. I. You know, my only prediction really is that they're going to come to town and there will be confrontations between Annie and Rita. That can't go good. Nope. <laughs> um. And we, yeah, we should also mention the Ace thing where Ace comes up from behind Annie at the bar while Annie is drunk. Annie is, I guess you could see in her face she's like out of it now because yeah. she's been drinking at that bar. I don't know how much it takes Annie to get wasted. Probably not a lot. <laughs> no. But uh, because she's in a weakened state, I think that Ace is going to have an easier time of um trying to abduct her abduct her i don't know i don't see her getting murdered so i don't know how no. that's gonna play out but i'm sure we'll find out he probably will capture her and something, something. i mean annie is more capable than anybody of handling thinks. herself <laughs> yeah. in crisis than almost anybody yeah um especially on this show i mean the only other character that we've seen do that was in last episode with uh nadia mm-hmm. you know she grabs a gun and shoots it on the yeah. ground and it is like fuck you um she didn't actually say that but no i'm i'm really interested to see where this is going uh you know where we left off with annie with ace though she was freaked by him yeah you know what i mean so will she be as freaked now that she's drunk and he's yeah. behind her, mm-hmm. does she immediately go crazy off the handle? Does she run away? Yeah, I don't. Sh- I, mean, I mean, shuffle away. <laughs> yeah, trip over her own feet. <laughs> I don't know. Something's gonna happen. We're gonna watch it. Then we're gonna talk about it on this show. Mm-hmm. And uh, we might also talk about some cats again. We got a sneezing cat behind me. <laughs> sleeping cat behind you. A sleeping one. Uh, the other one is. 
assuredly sleeping in the other room somewhere. I don't know. He was being kind of crazy earlier. Yeah. He was running around. Um. Okay. Well, is that is that all we have for today? I think it is. Yeah. So we're just doing one episode, right? Yeah. So now we're gonna take it a little more easy on you guys yeah. and on ourselves. Um. We're gonna cover episode six next week. Come in the day after and have it up. Just a couple few short days after theirs. So now we'll be on schedule. Woo-hoo. What happens is that they put. Three episodes up initially. Yeah. We don't want to cheapen our podcast for you guys. We want to be truthful with you and only cover episodes as we're watching them. So I feel like if we're going to catch up, we should do it in the fashion that we did, right? Yeah. I think it's good. Uh, okay. So leave us a review. Be really nice. Don't talk about burps. <laughs> Don't talk about things you shouldn't talk about. Talk about the show. There were no burps. There were no burps. Actually, I take that back. There have been burps, but they were lighter oh. and they were off mic. They were over here. Today? A little bit, yeah. Oh, I, had, I, had I didn't even bit notice. Of, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm good about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like five star good about it, which you were, is what people you were should like rate ninja us. Ninja burp. <laughs> people should rate us. Uh five stars on iTunes. We still only have four, which is a dismal amount. Yeah. An abysmal amount, I should say. Um, We've been visited by the second cat of the day. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. Please, if you like the show, share it and tell your friends and family about it. And um, warn them that this show is graphic (laughs) before they start watching it. But they'll learn some really cool curse words like Christmas. Christmas. Fuckity fuck and fuckle fuck. Listen, Christmas, not so much the fuckle fuck and the fuckity. Christmas, you can use at your upcoming Thanksgiving and Christmas get-togethers. Yeah. And people will not know what you're doing. (laughs) Oh, Christmas. Yeah. I might use that when I go to uh, Garrett's bachelor party on Saturday. (laughs) Like, what is happening with you? (laughs) You're just like, oh, Christmas. I stubbed my toe. (laughs) As I look at my finger. Oh, yeah. Stubbed my toe that's on my finger. Uh, That's going to do it for this week. Thank you guys for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.